I am Karen. And I'm Karen. And I'm Danielle. Welcome to Living Water Christian Center Church, where the word is plentiful and the spirit of the Lord lives. We are so glad that you decided to join us, and we hope that you are blessed by the word. So don't forget to share and like this video. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, even tell an enemy if you have any. Be blessed. We are so pleased to be with you today. He is exalted. The King is exalted. And we exalt Jesus. We lift him up. We celebrate Jesus today and every day. Every holiday we celebrate Jesus. Amen. And he is exalted. And we should be lifting him up over and over and over again. I'm Pastor Basin, and we welcome you to the Living Water Church. We are so grateful for you being with us today. We're going to continue our study in 1 Peter. I'm so grateful for the word of God that went forth last week with Pastor Linda. And I want to thank the members and saints and friends for their um, birthday greetings and anniversary greetings to my wife and me. It was wonderful to hear from you. It really was. So we're grateful today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our God and our Father. And we thank you for hearing our prayers. And we thank you for allowing us this time of gathering, even if it's in different, different places, that you let us gather in your name and be amongst the saints. This time of study, this time of worship, time of fellowship, that you may be with us, Lord, and speak to us out of your word. Give us understanding of these things. Help us to hear what the Spirit of God saying to the churches. We ask you to touch our ears, teach us to listen. Touch our eyes that we might see Christ. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're going to pick it up here in uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. Last time we talked about suffering, it says in verse 15, But let none of you suffer as a as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody <laughs> in other people's matters. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him or her um, not be ashamed, but let them glorify God by God in this manner. In other words, he said, give God the glory. Now, suffering is not easy. Suffering is not pleasurable, and suffer is not something we look for. Yeah. You know, only a couple of few people go out there, I want to suffer, I want to go out there and suffer, <laughs> suffer. You know, uh, that's not what we're taught, but it, it comes, all right? Those who name the name of Christ will suffer persecution, or at least be opposed. As a minimum, somebody's going to oppose you. But it says here that we should do it um, as a Christian and not as a misbehavior, okay? Verse 17 says, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? I'm actually reading from the New King James. I thought I was reading from the <laughs> the King James Version, but I'm in the New King James, and I apologize for those of you who may be confused. Amen. So anyway, it says that if we, we scarcely make it in, the righteous, all right? So if the righteous 
scarcely making it. We just barely making that saints. And only because of the grace of God, it's not because of anything we've done, it's not because of our performance, it's not because of our good behavior, even though we should behave ourselves, amen? amen. Uh, it's not because of those things. We get in because of the grace of God, because of his mercy. His power and his mercy is applied to us, and that's how we get in. And the Bible says that judgment will begin in the house, in the house of God. So you, the believer, you and I will be judged. But thankfully, we're not being judged for our sins. Hear what I'm saying? Uh, we're going to be judged for our works. We're going to be judged for our conduct and our behavior and our testimony and those kind of things. But we will not be judged for our sins because our sins were already judged. Our sins went to the cross with Jesus. And I'm so grateful because if I was being judged for my sins, um, I would not make it in at all. would not even be eligible to show up. Yeah. Okay? But because Jesus took on our sins, you know, the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's a beautiful thing. All right? So he, he, that he had no sins. <laughs> Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, had no sin, no mishaps. No, um, no missing the mark. He's the only one that actually hit the hit the target and met the standard of righteousness. He's the only one that actually kept the law and didn't need any animal sacrifices to cover his faults and things. He's the only one. And he went to the cross. He willingly gave himself for us. All right? Remember, John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Amen? And so what we have here, we have the Christ who went to the cross and bore all my sins, all my iniquities, all my infirmities, all my mistakes, and all those things I've done by accident and on purpose. Mm -hmm. He took all that with him to the cross, right? And of course, he died for my sins. He was risen again on the third day. And he's ascended up in heaven, and even now makes intercession for the saints. By intercession, I mean that you have someone, Jesus, at the right hand of God at the, at the throne, and he's, pleased, he's pleading, he's representing me before the Father. And he represents you before the Father if you're a believer. So I thank God for that, okay? So that judgment begins in the house, but there is a judgment for us, okay? And so we want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and look at... Um, the judgment that we're looking for, that we're looking forward to. Amen. I said we're looking forward to judgment. Because your sin is already covered. Thank you. Okay? So he's going to judge you according to your works. And look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And um, what we're looking at is actually verses 9 through 15. And what Paul is talking to the Corinthian church, he's talking about how, how, um, how, how we are a building, and, uh, he's, and Paul calls himself a master builder, but the foundation that's built upon is Jesus. You know, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Remember when he asked Peter and the apostles, he said, um, who do people say that I am? And they named, they named prophets like Elijah and Jeremiah and different ones. You know, and he said, but who do you say that I am? 
And Peter spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Right? And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father. Right? And so what, Peter, what Jesus also said is that upon this rock, he said, you're Peter. Peter means stone, like the little pebble stone you could throw. Right? But upon this rock, not upon Peter, like some people think, but upon the rock, upon the confession that Peter made, upon the confession that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. The church is built upon Christ. The, the fact, the truth that he is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He's the Son of God. Right? And that's where the church is built. Now let's see what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, we're going to jump down to verse 11. He says, No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, or the King James says, wood, hay, and stone, right? Each one's work will become clear or made manifest or revealed in the day, the day will declare it. We're talking about the judgment day. Because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So imagine this. Imagine a platform where your work, your conduct, your behavior, your conversation and what you do is represented by these elements, you know, by gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. All right, imagine you have two piles in front of you. There's a gold, silver, precious stone pile, okay, and there's a wood, hay, and stubble pile. A wood, hay, you know, so the gold, silver, precious stone, when you add fire to that, it gets purified. Amen? But when you go to the wood, hay, and stubble, or the wood, hay, and straw, you add fire to that, it gets consumed, it gets burnt up. All right? So these two elements represent our works. Remember, we're judged for our sins already, thank God. You know, otherwise there'd be a pile of straw right there. If I wasn't judged for my sins, man, it'd be like a bonfire. Okay? But here we go. Um, what, look what it says here. It says that, the day will declare what sort it is. If anyone's work, um, verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is built, is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as through fire. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So. Stand there in judgment. And the judgment is actually take the what we have here, the word judgment is taken from a word that means a reward seat. You're actually showing up to get your reward. You're not showing up to be condemned. You're not showing up to be chastised. You're not showing up to be um, to be picked on. You're showing up to get your reward. And and honestly, there should be a reward for you. There should be a reward. You should have done something. You should have worked. You should have lived. There should be some kind of reward for you believer. All right? And so, so you have one side. You have the gold, silver, precious stones represents good works. Stuff you did in faith. 
Okay? So whatever you did in faith, whatever you did for the Lord, whatever you did in faith, that should be there. Okay? Now, you're not going to be like that person who's going to show up in judgment and say, well, didn't I preach in your name? Didn't I do this in your name? Didn't I do that in your name? And Jesus is going to say, I don't even know you. You know, depart from me, I never knew you. In other words, you were never a member. You were never a believer. You were never saved by me. Uh, that would be a harsh thing, right? That person who does a lot of stuff and not know Jesus at all will not receive a reward. He's not even going to be in that judgment, actually. He's not even going to be there. All right, let's go back to this. So you got the gold, silver, precious stone. You got the wood, hay, and straw. Now, you're standing there before the living God, and you can stand there confidently. Why can you be confident? Because your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus died for my sins. He died for my sins. Right? And if the Bible says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful to just forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So if he forgives me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, there shouldn't be a pile of wood, hay, and straw. You hear what I'm saying? There shouldn't be a pile of that stuff because he forgave me. Because I confessed my sins. He forgave me of my sins. So there shouldn't be, I mean, if anything, it should be a little, little piece of something. You know, if I, and I don't understand how that would get there, but there shouldn't be that. Well, should, the only thing that should be there as a, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, as one whose sins are forgiven, as one whom the Lord determines to present unto him perfect and without any spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, like it says in Ephesians, this should be only gold, silver, precious stone. Yes. I'll let y'all think about that for a moment. Because there's an elements in the church that want to see people punished. Yes. I don't know why. Maybe because they behave so well and they never make any mistakes that they could throw the first stone. I don't understand. Right? But there are elements in the church that want to see people punished. Want to see you, because you did such and such a thing. You ought to be punished. But guess what? If, if, they're, if they're punished, the grace of God must not have been applied to them. Okay? So, when, when the prodigal son comes home, you know the story, the younger son, he went out and got his, got his inheritance and wasted his living. You know, he was reckless outside and left with the far country, wasted all his living. And when the young man returned to his father, what did his father do? Did the father rebuke him? Did the father punish him? Did the father put him in the, let him sleep in the bunkhouse, you know, with the workers? No, the father received him. The father received him, gave him shoes, gave him a ring, gave him a robe. You know, kissed them and had a feast. All right? So, so here's the attitude that we need to have. Well, for ourselves, we need to have confidence that we can stand, that we can stand before God. And we need to have an attitude towards others, especially those who went out the way, that the Lord receives them, the Lord forgives them, the Lord takes them back, and so should we. Okay? So let me look at it again. It says here that there's a judgment day. Judgment begins in the house of God. Judgment begins with the saints. And it also says that we scarcely make it in. 
You know, we just barely making it. You know why? Because we have done nothing to achieve this thing. We have done nothing to be worthy of the grace of God. Well, you don't have to be worthy of grace. That's why it's grace. We have done nothing to be worthy of our position in the kingdom. You know, it says that we are seated in heavenly places, and I haven't earned that place. It's been gifted to me. The salvation that the Lord gives us is a gift, right? Um, the, the, the spirit that he shares with us, his spirit is gifted to us, you know? And what we have is a free gift of God, for by grace are you saved through faith. And it really is a gift, right? And so Jesus provided the work so I can receive the gift. I'll say again. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin, that you and I could become the righteous of God in him. I, so what it says here is that because of what Christ has done, because he paid for my sins, he paid for my salvation, he paid for my sonship, he allows me just to receive it. I thank God. I just receive it. I don't earn it. I don't achieve it. I don't work for it. I can't buy it. I've done nothing to be worthy of it. I just receive the free gift of God. Amen. And you and I could, everybody, amen, everybody is, a, this gift is available to each and every one. No matter who we are, what we've done, what our background is, what our criminal record is, who we disrespected, who we served, or any of that stuff, it matters not. Because God has the capacity to save everybody. Amen. He has the capacity. He can do it. He can save the whole world. Right? He could share this gift with every, he could share this gift with every individual. Only requirement, only thing is that it's received by faith. It's received by faith. And that's why we encourage people to trust Jesus, to call on the name of Jesus, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, to believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that he died for your sins. And remember, sin means you missed the mark. Everybody missed, okay? That he died for your sins and that he was risen again on the third day. That's it. And you know what? I declare God will give you the faith to believe. So he's done everything. He paid the price. So when the judgment day come, I'm not going to be a nervous brother. I'm not going to be nervous in the church, you know, in front of the God, you know, and judge because, because he's my father for one thing. And I come there with a man whose sins have been, have been forgiven. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as if I was sinless. Now, of course, I know myself, and you know yourself, and we all, we know, we know each other, and we know there's, there's a list of things we can mention about people, and about ourselves, and about each other, and about this man. But the Lord Jesus forgave me of that. Even, even the ordinances, the laws, that pointed out my sins, right? Even they are, are wiped out. I'm not saying that the law is gone, but what I'm saying, the things that point me out as being a sinner is not against me anymore. 
So, on that judgment day, when I have to stand before God, you know, where, when every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, on that day, we don't have to be nervous. You don't have to be nervous or scared or worried, all right? I say, oh my God, you know, I used to do this and I did that, and I don't know if I, did I repent of this thing? You know, you don't have to go through that. You go confidently to the throne of grace and receive forgiveness of sin and grace to help you. And so I thank God today. And so what we're going to say, here's, here's the story. Now what Peter is saying is that, listen, believer, you suffer, you go through some things, you know, and the Lord's going to judge you. He's actually going to reward you. Judgment's going to begin in the house of God. But if it begins with you and you just barely make it in, where is the ungodly and the sinner and the unbeliever? Where are they going to appear? And that's a rhetorical question, of course. He's saying, God forbid that's what's going to happen with them. All right? So let's go back to First Peter. I want to show you something real quick. Well, no, we don't have to do it quickly, but I want to show you something. First Peter chapter 4. Okay, now verse 15. I'm sorry, verse 18. Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So if you're suffering as a Christian, if you're being picked on, if you have opposition, if there's stuff going on against you because of your faith, okay, you want to commit yourself to God. Now, the original readers of this, they weren't just suffering, they were being killed, okay? Thankfully, um, where I'm standing and where we are right now, we're not dying for the cause of Christ, right? But the original readers of this were written, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't just suffering, they weren't just being picked on. They were dying, they were being executed. And he said, and Peter is saying, here, commit your souls to him in doing good. You know, so he's saying, you know, commit your souls to him. Now Peter was saying this because he knows that he is going to give his life for Jesus one day too. Because Jesus told him that. After the resurrection, between the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus talked to him and he showed him that he, how he was going to glorify God in his death. So Peter knows his end of his story. Okay? So he could say these things with great boldness because he suffered for Christ and he knows that he's going to be a martyr. He's going to be a martyr for Christ. And of course, history tells us that as an old man, he was martyred for Christ and they were going to crucify him, and he said, I'm not worthy to die the way my Lord died, and so they crucified him upside down. And that's how you got that, that peace symbol with the circle, and the, and the part going down, which I should have showed you a picture of it, okay? That they got that peace symbol um, because of what, the way Peter went to the cross, okay? Anyhow, so listen, believer, 
We want you to be encouraged. We want you to live confidently. We want you to believe, continue to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be secure in Him. Okay? Unbeliever, we want you to come to faith in Jesus. We don't know how much time you have. We don't know when your end or when the end will be. But you have time today to say yes to the Lord. And you can come to Him just for the asking. We say it over and over again. It's just a matter of trust in Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. You really are saved through faith. Amen. And the grace of God will be applied to you if you just believe in Jesus. You know, just ask Him to come into your life. You know what the Bible says? Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because you can't call upon Him unless you believe Him. <laughs> right? And you can't believe in Him unless you heard some preaching. And you heard the preaching, you heard the teaching. Okay? And so just call upon Jesus. Just ask Him to come into your life. You don't have to stand at the altar. You don't have to stand before certain people. You don't have to be in a church service or a prayer meeting. Right where you are, where you stand, where you sit, where you're laying, right where you are, you can say, Lord Jesus, save me. Come to my life. Right? It's not even the words you say. Like we have the, what they call the sinner's prayer, where you ask God to forgive you your sins, and you commit to come to him, and you say certain things. That doesn't even matter. It's not what you say, it's what you believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to commit ourselves to you because we know, we know you are committed to us and we are grateful for it. We thank you for all that Christ has done to provide this great salvation for taking on our sins, taking on the judgment, the punishment, and providing righteousness for all the believers. We thank you for these things even now, Father. And we pray that those who are listening will say yes to the Lord. We'll just believe on Jesus Christ and say yes. Do it for them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Draw them by your Spirit. Draw them to you. Give them time to say yes, Lord. We thank you for these things even now. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise God. Thank you so much, everybody, for your attention. And we're praying for you as you go through this time of pandemic. We're praying for your recovery financially, physically, and emotionally. We're praying that the Lord bless you and help you through this. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.
Amen. We welcome you back. We we um we celebrate this um, sacrament. We celebrate the sacrament of communion. Um, what people call the Last Supper, the Eucharist. Amen. And what we do, we commemorate the things that Jesus has done to provide our salvation. When he was celebrating Passover with his disciples, while they're celebrating the deliverance of the people of Israel out of the um, Egyptian bondage under the leadership of Moses, and while they were celebrating that, Jesus, Jesus told the brothers there, he said, he took the bread, he broke it, and gave it to them, and said, this represents my body, which is broken for you. He's doing this in anticipation of the things that he was about to suffer. He knew that he was going to be arrested that evening. He knew that he was going to be taken to different judgment halls and condemned. And he knew that he was going to be tortured and abused and deprived. And then later condemned and sent to the cross. So he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Um, take this and eat it. And, and Paul and different ones tell us that as often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. So we take the bread and we eat it together. And we take it and eat it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you for we know Christ suffered many things on our behalf. Torment, depravity, abuse, and all that he went through physically and emotionally on his way to the cross to give his life. And we thank you for it even now, Father, in Jesus' name. And we know the scripture says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with the stripes we are healed. And we thank you for that healing today. In Jesus' name, amen. After the same man, he took the cup and said, This is the New Testament in my blood. And it represents the blood of Christ. Amen. And so we understand that there's, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So for sin, sin requires a death. So what happens is that under the Old Testament rule and system, um, when a person's sins were had to be forgiven or recovered, they would make an animal sacrifice. But Jesus, after Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, after his sacrifice, there's no need for animals anymore. Because he's going to shed his own blood for the sins of many. And so we thank God for that. He's, he said, this is my blood. This is, the, this is the New Testament of my blood. This is, represents that. So you can be saved today. So your sins can be forgiven. He's going to shed his blood. He's telling the apostles that he's going to shed his blood for their sins. So let's drink it together in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you now for the blood of Christ that washes away our sins, that makes us the purchased possession, that, that seals our redemption. We thank you for it even now. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we thank God for you. Thank God for your attention and your participation with us this morning. As we celebrate Jesus, we want you to be safe. We want you. We pray the best for you, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And for you who have not come to Christ, we encourage you. We encourage you to say yes to the Lord. Look at the scriptures, look at the Bible, look at the messages, and give Jesus your heart. He accepts you the way you are. You should accept him. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.